They are working to develop a worship team and working with us too and giving uh, some of our people a break from playing week in and week out. So it's nice to have a little bit of uh, you know, some extra up here that are uh, some bass and drums and everything. So we really appreciate that, guys. And girls. I'm going to take a, a, a moment today as we're, we're just going to pause from the Ruth series. We won't be back, never fear. We'll be back next week to continue in Ruth. This morning, I just about led to go a little bit in a different direction, and I set these messages in place over time, and I, I sometimes work to go through books, but every once in a while, every so often, you know, God will take things in a different direction, and I want to be obedient to that, and I want to be stuck to exactly what I was going to preach in the book of Ruth. This morning, my message today is about the kingdom, the kingdom, so we're going we're to pause on no turning back, and we're going to talk about the kingdom this morning. Before we get into that, though, I just want to let you know, if you're a guest with us this morning, if you can take a moment, you'll find a connection card right in front of you in the pew, and there'll be a pen there as well. If you can take a few moments to fill that card out, that would be great, just to get us, you know, get a chance to know you, you can get a chance to know us. And also, on there, you'll notice on the back, we ask for prayer requests. So if you have something you want us to be praying for, write that prayer request on the back. We want to be praying with you and believing with you. And even if you've been coming here for 10 years, we may have old information for you. So take a few moments and fill one out just so that we make sure we have the right information for you so that if we are kind of calling to check in on you or see how you're doing, we have that information that we can get to you. Um, the other thing I just want to mention is our Hope Restore store is doing very well, and um, we're just we're closing out the month for the Wings for Family Families. I'll let you know what the totals are next week. And, uh, of course, you know that we gave uh, over $1,300 to the Family Service Center uh, a few months ago. So we're continuing in that process. One of the things that we do have a need for is we do have some gaps in, in um, covering the store, having somebody watch over it. It's not a really difficult job, and we can even break it up into three hours, but we do have some gaps, and we don't really want to have to close the store. We're only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, but we do have some places where we need a little bit of help to fill in some of those gaps um, so that we can continue uh, bringing in money for these organizations that we're supporting. And for the month of July, we're going to support the Massachusetts Military Support Foundation. And uh, they're doing a lot of great work with food and other things uh, for military families and veterans. So uh, being that we're celebrating the birth of our nation, I think it's important to be able to give back to our community in that way. To support those who really gave us the freedom to be able to meet here and do the things that we do. So uh, again, if you're willing to help, can you write that on the back of the connection card? Somebody will contact you this week. And just say, hey, I'm willing to help. Let me know where I can help fill in the gaps. Um, that being said, I want to get that out of the way. But there's this uh, article run in the, it's called The Week Magazine. And they run this article called What's Next? Or actually, it's a segment. Oops. <laughs> Sorry about that. The lights are next, apparently. Everybody paid the bills, right? Uh, <laughs> All right. So, what's next? And in this what, What's Next column, they basically make it based on current events. So Somebody's there'll be certain quote, quotations and things that people can comment on and make comments about. And there'll be some things that they'll ask questions. And in a recent issue, they asked readers to submit answers to the following question. The TV chef, Anthony Bourdain, recently advised, your body so is not a supposed to be. It's an amusement park. Enjoy the ride. Not really theological, but I should be able to do should be. So the question that they threw out there as part of this article was what would be a good name for a theme park 
based on the typical American's body. So here are some of the best answers that came in. Sedentary mountain, cholesterol, bumper cars, tunnel of love handles, the tragic kingdom, the expanding universe, and my favorite, sorry, but I closed due to poor maintenance. <laughs> this article tells us a lot about how poorly we often treat our own bodies. And especially that last one, sorry, but I closed due to poor maintenance. It is a difficult truth that we will eventually meet face to face. Scripture teaches us that we are the body of Christ. It also teaches us that we are, in fact, the temple. Yet we have not treated that body, that body of Christ, in very good ways, healthy ways. And the body of Christ worldwide seems like it's in rough shape. It's out of shape and not functioning properly the way it was meant to be. And most of this is due to the fact that all the body parts are not doing their part. They're not working together. We have some rogue body parts trying to do their own thing. We're not working together very well, so therefore it hurts and hinders the body of Christ worldwide. Paul speaks of this when he says that all body parts are needed in order to function and to work properly. Both within a local body, but also outside of the body as we work together as the body of Christ. And today we're going to talk about what living in the kingdom looks like. What living as part of the body looks like. Now one thing that we see in scripture is that Jesus prayed for us. I don't know if you knew that this was in scripture, but Jesus prayed for you. Jesus prayed for me. And he prayed very specific prayers for his followers. This prayer reflects the heart of God for his people. It reflects his desire for his body. John chapter 17, verse 11, and then we're going to skip down to 20 and 23. This is Jesus praying. This is prior to his crucifixion, prior to the resurrection, prior to all those things. He says, now I am departing from the world. They are staying in this world, but I am coming to you. Holy Father, you have given me your name. Now protect them by the power of your name so that they will be united just as we are. Verse 20, I am praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, and I am in you, and may there be in us, so that the world will believe that you sent me, so that the world will believe that you sent me, so that the world will believe that you sent me. And may they be in us, our earth, world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22, I have given them the glory you gave me, so that they may be one, as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know. Catch that again. That the world will know. That the world will know that you sent me, and that you love them as much as you love me. So what did Jesus pray for? Did you catch it? First he said, protect. He prayed for protection. He's praying, first of all, for the protection of his disciples. But according to verse 20, verse 20 tells us that he's not only praying for his immediate disciples, 
but for all those who will follow him. Does that include you and me? Yes. He is praying this prayer for his immediate disciples, but also for all of those that follow him long after him. And this means that in this prayer, Jesus is praying for you and for me. He prays that we will be protected. He prays that we will be unified. He prays that we will be one. How many of you have sensed God's protection over your life? Many times. Over and over again, God's protection. And I know he's kept his hand of protection over me and you. You've experienced his faithfulness. You've experienced his provision. Now let me ask another theological question. Does God answer prayer? He does. Now, this is Jesus praying. Do you think God answered that prayer? Do you think it was in alignment with what the Father wanted? Do you think Jesus, or do you think maybe Jesus' prayer was one of those unanswered prayers? I don't think so. Or maybe a prayer yet to be fulfilled in terms of the unity. On Wednesday nights, we've been gathering together in a place called the Gathering. We've been coming here in this place and praying over different things all over the cards and care cards many of you have sent in as well. Specific names, calling them out before the Lord. And as we got in a circle this past Wednesday night, there were no fewer than seven praise reports over things that we prayed about, that God's beginning to move in the right direction, of things that we're beginning to see, maybe some healing taking place, of relationships coming back together somewhat, of healings taking place. That's an awesome thing when we come together. Do we believe in the power of prayer? Do we believe that it still changes things? Absolutely we do. And we pray that that kind of boldness. Why? Because it doesn't depend on me. If it depended on me, I couldn't pray with that boldness. Because I'm not good enough. But we go boldly before the Father because of what Christ did. And we can pray those bold prayers of healing, of salvation, of people being drawn to, to God, of family members, unsafe loved ones that do not know Him yet. You see, the protection you have around you right now as a Christ follower was answered. It was an answer to prayer that Jesus prayed 2,000 years ago. The protection you have right now was an answer to prayer 2,000 years ago. It's that prayer that keeps on giving. What else did he pray over us? In verse 11, he prayed that we would be united. Jesus prayed that his body of believers would be united, with no hidden agendas, not working against each other, seeing each other as competition, but working together for a common cause, a common purpose. And what is that common purpose? It's to build the kingdom of God. It is not to build Pastor John's kingdom. It is not to build a heritage kingdom. And it is not to build an assembly of God kingdom. It's about building his kingdom and his kingdom only. His kingdom alone. And what would be the result of such a prayer? What did they say? So that. There's this, it's called a henna statement in Greek. You do this so that something happens. And the so that in this particular prayer, in verse 21 and 23, results, there's a result of perfect unity. So that the world will know that God sent why do we live in unity? Why do we live under his protection? So that the world will know that Jesus Christ was sent. It will be a sign 
to the world that Jesus is, in fact, who he said he is, who he says he is. Second, it shows the world that God loves us, that God loves people just as much as he loved his son, Jesus. I'm going to get on a little bit of a soapbox this morning, but I cringe when I hear Christians tearing down other Christians, other pastors, or other ministries. Because if unity tells the world that Jesus is who he says he is, then what do you think they see when we tear one another apart? What do you think they see? It's not the unity. It's not that Jesus Christ is who he says he is. They come away with a different conclusion. So being unified shows the world that Jesus is who he said he is in Scripture. He is the Son of God. He is the Lord of the harvest. He is the Messiah. He is the Savior of the world. He is the sacrificial lamb that came to be slaughtered so that our sins can be forgiven. And to show the world that we are, we are loved by God. We are not perfect, but we strive for unity. And we love God because he first loved us. This is what unity does. If you look out in our world today, you think our world needs to see more of that from us or less. It's pretty clear. It needs to see more of that from God's church. Very easy to point the finger at the world. But what are we doing? What kind of unity are we showing to show that Jesus Christ is who he says he is? What kind of things are we doing to show that God loves all people? That Jesus prayed for us to have unity. The Apostle Paul gives us the how-to to be unified. The practical ways to not only bring about unity, but to maintain it, to keep it going. For Christ and his kingdom. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. It says, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble. And gentle, be patient with each other, marking, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together in, with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. How do we live in unity? The first thing is we should be humble and gentle. That's easy, right? It's easy to be humble and gentle. Wish we had sometimes that little button you can get at Staples. That was easy, right? Just push the button. That was easy. Wish a lot of our Christian faith was that easy. It's easy to say something. It's a whole different thing to do it. You see, when we interact with one another, when we speak with one another, when we encourage one another, when we speak to people from other churches even, Paul says to be humble and gentle. This can be quite a challenge, especially if our frustration level is high. We have to take a step back and say, are we being humble and gentle? Are we showing the Lord exactly what he wants us to show the world? Be patient. Humble and gentle and patient? Man, that's, that's like the worst trinity in the world, right? 
you got to try to do all three of those things. None of us struggle with that, though. Americans, we don't struggle with patience at all. We want it all, and we want it now. Like Baruch Assault from Willy, and the Wonk, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Right? What is she saying? I don't care how. You know the next line? Say it out loud. I don't care how. I want it now. I guess you don't know it. You need to go watch that today. The classic. Come on. Billy's I don't care how. I want it now. minutes late. He's going to miss his connection in Chicago. Two women walked along the sidewalk after church. So. And they were on their way home thinking of meals and what, what they were going to serve for lunch in the afternoon. Kids. And they were began discussing the morning service. So he's trying to reach And one of them said, That was a great sermon on patience. The other one replied, Yeah, but it was five minutes long. <laughs> I think they missed the point. Because they will put you on the plane. They'll put you on the plane. It's their You see, if we're being humble and gentle, if we're being patient, when we're unified, it shows the world that Jesus is who he says he is. And it shows the world that we are. <coughs> make every effort, he did. says, make every effort to keep yourselves united with the Spirit. You know what this says to me? It takes effort, it doesn't just. The enemy of our souls wants to destroy the church, and if he can bring disunity to a local body, and disunity in churches that are working together for the kingdom of God, he will leave a path of destruction in his wake. If he can keep us fighting, if he can keep us pointing the fingers, then it takes us away from the mission that we're called to accomplish. The mission that we've been placed on this planet to achieve all it takes is pride, the opposite of humility. All it takes is being unkind and difficult rather than gentle. All it takes is being impatient with each other rather than patient. Being prideful, unkind, and difficult and impatient doesn't work in your marriage, and it will not work for the bride of Christ. It will not work with his body, with his followers. Why should we live in unity? Because we are one. According to Ephesians, we are one body of the same spirit. There is one Lord, one faith, one future, one baptism, and one God the Father. We are one in unity, though we may be different. We are all of the same body and the same kingdom. My college motto, meet college, was for Christ and his kingdom. See, churches were never meant to compete, but to complement each other. This is what you are seeing and experiencing even today in this church. As we work together with Freedom Church on different things. We are two churches in one building, yet we are both building one kingdom. We are one body, though we have different ways of doing things, different styles and different styles of ministry. There are ways that we can work together to help build the kingdom of God. And one way we are doing this is exactly what you saw here this morning with our worship. We're going to work together once per month, just 
helping them continue to develop their worship team and helping us as well, giving us a little bit of a break. There might even be moments where you might come in and Pastor John will be on the stage for worship. I'll be down there worshiping with you because they're being us. There will be other ways that we will work together at the Freedom Church in the future as opportunities arise and as God stirs new things. And one of the things I don't want, I don't want them to just be any other church in the building. The other church upstairs. Because we are part of one kingdom, and they are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Under the same banner, the same Lord, and the same kingdom. So let's work towards unity, not conformity, but unity so that our world will see that Jesus is who he says he is, and the world will know that they are loved by God. Amen? So we're going to work together where we can, and maybe even find times where we can worship together. Wouldn't that be fun? And spur one another on to do good works. And I believe that God will bless both of our churches, and He will be glorified in the process. It's exciting. May we continue to work for unity to show the world that we are one. This morning, as we transition. One of the things that we know, if you're a believer in Christ, you know that Jesus Christ died for your sin, died for my sin, and none of us are perfect in that point. We all have sin in our lives. And if you're a sinner, you're in the right place. <laughs> because so are we. The difference is that Jesus Christ has forgiven us of that sin. And he's cleansed us. And he's made us new. We still make mistakes along the way. But that's where his grace comes in and helps push us and spur us on a little bit further than when we were yesterday. I have to tell you to you straight this morning that this kingdom that we're talking about today, it's an exclusive kingdom. It's an exclusive kingdom. Meaning that not everybody gets it. There's something required of each one of us to get into this kingdom. I'm not talking money. I'm not, I'm not putting money in the offering box. But there's something that we give. We give our lives. You see, God loves you so much, no matter what you have done in the past. You can be forgiven and made new today. Whether you're here in this room or you're watching online, I want you to know that you can get a new start. You can begin again. You can be forgiven. You can be changed. Your life can be renewed. And it's still a process, but you have to take the first step. You become a part of the kingdom of God by believing, by giving your life over. If you have never surrendered your life to Christ, today is the day to do that. He loves you and he has a plan for your life. And you can be sure about your salvation right now. With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, if you would say this morning, I want to be a part of that kingdom. I want to enter into that kingdom. I want to live my life beyond just me. But be part of something bigger of what God is doing in our world. All it takes for entry into the kingdom is a simple prayer, and it's a heartfelt prayer that you need. It's not just repeating words. It's a prayer that you need in your heart. 
and God will come in and begin the first steps of helping to make you new. If that's you this morning, you can say this prayer quietly or out loud. But I want it to come from the heart. Say something like this. Lord, I want to be a part of your kingdom. But first, I need to experience your love for me and receive your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again. Forgive me of my sins today. I give you my life. Make me new right now and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to download a free app on your phone called New Version. And in that app, you'll find different devotionals. And there's one particular devotional called First Steps for New Believers. Download the app, look up First Steps for New Believers, and I'll give you some first steps to continue to grow in your faith. The second step, is find a good church. If you're local, we'd love to see you coming on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you're watching from far away, find a good church in your area that you can get involved in and plug in and continue to grow in your faith. I'm going to ask the congregation this morning to stand. I'm going to read this blessing all day from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21. And I'm going to charge you as you leave this place today. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 through 21 says, now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ, Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. My charge to you this morning is to go and live in unity with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Go knowing you are protected and fulfill God's prayer for his church. Go and be humble, gentle, and patient with all of those that you encounter. Go and build the kingdom of God. God bless you. Have a great Sunday. Amen.